Lesson 51. Hello again. Being a child of the 60s, I grew up with Polaroid cameras and film. I still have snapshots that my parents took of me, and most of them have actually held up quite well through all these years. Instant photography was incredibly popular from the late 50s through the 80s because it gave the user instant gratification, sort of like what digital photography gives us nowadays, but not quite. Instead of an image you see on a screen, Polaroids gave you an actual print you could see and hold in your hand only a mere 60 seconds or less after you took the shot. This was considered quite amazing back then, not only because it was so cool and seemed like a miracle, but one could take shots and view the results in no time instead of having to wait to take the film to a photo lab to be developed and printed. Something could take as long as a week in the old days. Polaroids gave you everything you needed right there in one neat little bundle. In this lesson, we're going to take a look at instant photography through the years and show you how you can still be a part of this miraculous process today. Who knows, you may have one of these cameras right now sitting in your attic, just waiting to be loaded and used. How cool is that? What you see here is a small portion of my Polaroid camera collection. It's important to note that none of these cameras are still manufactured by Polaroid, nor does Polaroid make instant film anymore. The company filed bankruptcy in 2001 and it manufactures only digital cameras now. Although they just came out with a digital camera that also produces an instant print, this is not the same process referred to in this lesson. On the other hand, you can still obtain these cameras online in film stores that carry used equipment, at garage sales, and of course in people's attics. The prices vary drastically depending on your source, but there are plenty of great deals out there and plenty of cameras to go around if you're interested in getting one. Polaroid cameras and film were invented by Edwin Land back in the late 40s, and the first type used was roll film. There are three types of film used in instant photography, and the old roll type is the only one that is no longer available. The other two types are film packs, also known as peel-apart films, and integral film. Film packs give you prints that are peeled apart after they've been removed from the camera and allowed to develop and integral films are the kind that automatically shoot out of the camera after you take a shot and develop before your very eyes. The names of these cameras are listed here on the chalkboard along with the approximate year they were manufactured and the type of film they use. Below each camera I've listed the cameras for which you can still get film for today. As you can see virtually all of them except for the old roll film model. The type of film needed for each camera is listed as well. There are basically two sources for instant film today. One of them is Fuji, which still makes the film pack type available in color and in black and white. Fuji also manufactures an integral film, but it only fits their own cameras. More about that later. The other source for instant film is a company called the Impossible Project. You may have heard me talk about them in other lessons. This is the company that actually bought an old Polaroid factory in Europe and still actively manufacture films that can be used in these cameras. They also offer all kinds of accessories and they are forever developing new integral films for the photo artist and all of us. I will talk more about them and their films a bit later. So you may already be asking yourself, why bother shooting instant films with these old cameras in the first place? Well, there's a lot of reasons. For one, there's a lot of artistic ways to use Polaroid films including image transfers, emulsion lifts, manipulations, joiners, and more. 
As I discussed in the last lesson, it's always good to try out new things, and instant photography is a great place to start. I've already presented a few lessons covering most of these processes, known as alternative processes, and they're available in the Photography 101 app. The next lesson will be on creating image transfers and emulsion lifts using Fuji Pack Film. Back in the 80s, when I was a professional photographer working in New York City, Polaroids were indispensable. When I was doing big budget catalog shots, for instance, there was only one way to test lighting and exposure since film was all there was available back then. So photographers like myself used Polaroids for tests. Polaroid invented what were called film backs that you could insert into some types of cameras and thereby give you a 60 second print of whatever you were shooting. The film was balanced for daylight and flash, so the color was quite accurate and the image quality was amazingly crisp. Here I'm demonstrating how an instant film pack is inserted into my view camera for a test shot. Once the shot is composed and exposure settings are made, you shoot, pull out the print, peel it apart, view it, and make any necessary adjustments to the lighting or exposure accordingly before using actual film. This process took some of the guesswork out of using film in the old days to make sure everything was right, something one doesn't have to worry about nowadays in digital studio work. Speaking of instant film backs for cameras, they actually make a Polaroid back for Holga cameras as you can see here. So if you've decided you want to get away from using film in your Holga and want to see your Holga shots in 60 seconds instead, you could buy one of these packs along with a pack of Fuji 100C pack film and you're in business. A word of warning though, these backs are not cheap. To convert your Holga to an instant camera, you take the back and insert the pack film as seen here, making sure that the metal dark slide is in place. Note that the film back I'm using here has already been open, but your fresh one would have an additional paper dark slide protecting the film from light that would later be removed after you load the film and attach the film back. Then you remove the back of your Holga and attach the film back in its place, making sure that the slide locks are secure. Hint, I use masking tape just to make sure the thing doesn't fall apart. Then you would remove the dark side before taking a shot, take your shot, and process the film like so. Now that you know how to use a Holga film back, I'll show you how to load and use Fuji pack film in actual Polaroid cameras. FYI, you can get Fuji 100C color film and their ISO 3000 black and white film at a number of online stores including Freestyle, Porters, and B&H Photo. The packs are around 10 bucks each, which will give you 10 shots. I've included links to these sites for purchasing this film, as well as the integral film at Impossible Project. The links are on the blog page for this podcast for you iTunes subscribers and in the episode links section for app owners. This is three of the pack type Polaroid cameras. Keep in mind there are other models besides these except Fuji Pack Film, but it's a good idea to check before you buy one. It's interesting to note that the camera in the middle, the big shot, was the same camera Andy Warhol used for his famous Polaroids of celebrities in the 70s. This is strictly a portrait camera with a fixed focus just for close-ups of people. At any rate, all these cameras have the exact same film holder, so loading and processing the film is virtually the same. Again, the pack I'm using here has already been opened so there's no dark slide protecting the next print in line. Loading the pack is virtually the same as it was for the Holga film back. Simply open the camera back, open the old pack and replace it with the new pack, and close the door, making sure that the tabs stick out from the end. Then after taking a shot, you pull the first paper tab, which readies the film for processing, then pull out the second paper tab, which is the actual film print along with its negative. 
Wait for 60 seconds, then separate the film from the negative by pulling a corner diagonally. The way instant film works is actually pretty simple. There is a processing pod with development chemicals at the bottom of the film that releases the chemicals as the print is pulled through the rollers inside the film back. This chemical is evenly distributed throughout the exposed image, which in turn allows the latent image to become visible. All of the instant films work by this process, whether it's pack film or integral film. The difference between the integral film and the pack film is that the print is ejected through the rollers automatically, and the negative is incorporated behind the positive image that you see on the print. All very ingenious, don't you think? Now we'll move on to integral film. Here are a few of the integral film cameras along with a couple of boxes of the film from Impossible Project. There are basically two kinds of integral film cameras, the fixed focus point and shoot and the autofocus SLR. The third camera from the left is probably the most sophisticated camera Polaroid ever made in that it is an actual what you see is what you get SLR with macro capability of around 9 inches from the subject plus it has a sonar type autofocus capability. You can even purchase a custom on-camera flash that replaces the obsolete flash bars that were used on these cameras. I own about a half dozen of these awesome cameras and if you can get your hands on one I highly recommend it. There are also two film speeds utilized by all of these cameras either ISO 100 or ISO 600. There are ways to use both speeds in all these cameras with some simple modifications. You can find all that info at impossibleproject.com. One other interesting note is that the battery that powers the cameras is actually built into the film pack, which helps explain the rather steep price of these films. An 8-shot pack is going to set you back about 20 bucks or so. This may seem a bit high because it is, but to folks like me that love using it, it's worth it. The SLRs are quite compact and fold into a neat little package. Loading and using these cameras is a snap. Simply open the door, insert the pack, close and the dark slide pops out with a distinctive whirring sound. This pack here has already been used so you won't see that. After composing your shot, you shoot and out comes your print. You can watch it develop right before your very eyes. As I mentioned earlier, Fuji currently manufactures integral cameras that are similar to their Polaroid predecessors, the Instax series. The advantages here are that you can purchase these cameras and film easily and the cameras are a bit more sophisticated than the Polaroid point and shoots. The film still pops out and develops while you watch, but the print format is a bit longer as you see here, unless you use the mini format. Another advantage is that the camera contains the batteries, not the film pack which makes the film quite a bit cheaper at around 9 bucks for 10 shots. The bottom line is that instant photography is something that I feel everyone should at least experience, if for no other reason than it's fun and spontaneous. Then, if you find it as promising as I and a lot of other photo artists have discovered, you can start experimenting with the aforementioned alternative processes using these films. I'd like to thank fellow art teacher Alicia McGinney and her son Parker for demonstrating the instant camera experience in this episode. Be sure to look out for the next lesson, which will show you how to create image transfers and emulsion lifts using Fuji Instant Film. Well, that's about it for now. Until next time, goodbye.